That which you want is not always that which you need. And on the way to getting that which you want, you might experience things that you didn't really want, but are exactly what you need. Welcome to the Have It All podcast. I'm Elon Ferdman, and along with my brother Guy, we're Satori Prime. We've spent the last 16 years on a quest of mastery, and not just in business, all areas. Mastery of our finances, our bodies, our relationships, and most importantly, our minds. You see, while most people fantasize about their dream life, we went out and created it. And you bet we learned a few things along the way. So if you want to gain new skills and tools that will help you achieve the life of your dreams, well, you've come to the right place. So get ready to have your mind expanded. Implement what you learn here today, and you'll start living the life of your dreams instead of just, well, dreaming about it. So are you ready to have it all? Let's go. Well, welcome one and all. We're uh, super happy to have you here. So here's what we're going to cover today. We're going to talk about the nuances and grave distinctions between attachment and commitment. And this might seem really minute, but it's often undiscovered. Uh, Most people don't inquire about this and they don't realize or they're not doing much about how attached they are to the things in their life and to what they're creating and to the outcomes that they want. And it creates pain in their life and it doesn't give them access to action that would make a significant result. And we're going to be talking about the distinction between attachment and commitment. And this is a really, really, really powerful thing to raise your observ- observational power around. Okay. So let's, let's start with attachment because mostly people really actually don't operate inside of the world of commitment. So I also want you to know that this is not like, truth saying. Elon and I are not truth sayers, right? What we've discovered and learned over the years is to inquire about different things and to and specifically look at where in conversation, where in language are we using such language that there's an overlap in distinctions and you actually have a breakdown and you're creating two models as if they're one. Okay. And this happens a lot in conversation. Um, you know, responsibility and blame get overlapped all the time. So that's like an example too. And we've done a training on that. But attachment and commitment are an important one, too, because people often feel like what they're actually attached to, they actually feel like they're committed to, but that's because they these things are in two different worlds that are undistinguished to them, okay? So let's look at an attachment. When you create something that you want in life, I assert that you create an attachment along with it. What attachments, another way of saying an attachment is you set an expectation, Okay. We do this very seamlessly. It doesn't take a lot of effort on your part. Sometimes you're aware of the expectations you create, but mostly they happen quite unconsciously. Now, anytime that you yourself create an expectation, right? I want you to look at your own life and I want you to validate the things that I'm saying through your own personal experience. Don't take my word for it. But when you set an expectation, whether it's something that you want to achieve in business, in a relationship that may not be functioning, in your own personal health, maybe it's a, you know, you want to lose weight or maybe you just want to get fit or maybe you want to like run a triathlon, whatever it might be to you, you start setting these kind of like subconscious expectations. And then in some certain timeline, whether it's in the near term, midterm, short term, uh, midterm or long term, you will find that life will probably not match that expectation, right? Your expectation will have seemed to be above that. And in that moment, it creates an upset in your life. And this is the kind of cycle that we see many people get into all the time. They have these false expectations of life 
And then again, life doesn't match what they think they're supposed to have, what they should have, what they want to have, what they could have, all these different things. And it leads to an upset, right? So, and this is pretty typical, right? It's like every day you wake up, life doesn't match what you think that it's supposed to look like. You get to work, your boss isn't who they're supposed to be. You come home, your husband, your wife, don't say the things that you want them to say. Everything causes these little upsets and we seem to just react and react and react. And it just creates this kind of spiral, right, of negativity. Then we go to bed at night feeling unfulfilled, right? You guys know pretty nice. Yeah. Sandra says, yep, she's pretty upset right now. So, mm-hmm. so you know, exactly, to the right place. So, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So, now I want to distinguish this other world for you, okay? And inside of the world of commitment, it's, it's a really kind of different essence to it. So, I want you to just like feel when you say, like, what is it that I'm committed to? And it's, and it's distinct from attachment. Well, what might that look like? So I'll give you like a, a big game that Elon and I play as an example, right? Uh, one of the things that we've learned over the years that part of the design of being human is that we inherently create problems, right? So you could actually say the attachments and them not being met are actually creating problems for you. And that's, again, very natural, right? It's not like you're choosing the problem. There just seems to be like a problem there. And whatever context you live your life through we could say that a design of humanity or the design of a human is to inherently have problems. Now, most people spend most of their lives trying to overcome, defeat, control, manipulate away from their problems, right? Like, all right, if I just solve this, everything will be good. Then it's like, okay, well, it seems to be solved. And then it's like, what's there? Just the next problem, right? All right, well, let's handle this one. And just the next problem. So it's like, if you're not making enough money, it's a problem for you. Right, where for somebody else, by the way, who's not making or might be making the same amount of money, there might be no issue for them. So it's just something to consider right there. But whatever context you live inside of in life, that context, that view of the world has inherent problems. If you're not making enough money and that's a problem for you, you probably have it that if you just made a certain number, you would stop having these problems. And there might be some truth to that, except for the moment you got there, that amount of money in the bank would have its own inherent problems or that view of life would create its own problems. So we could say that solving problems is actually kind of like a meaningless task because there's always going to be more problems. Again, I assert that it's just part of the design of being human is we actually create problems and there's a function to problems, right? Like function uh, a problem naturally pulls you in a direction that has you take specific actions in life. So, If that's the case, one of the things that we can do, and this is what we're always looking for, Elon and I are always studying phenomenology. And there's all these phenomenons at work as a human being that we're dealing with on a daily basis. And these are like universal things that we all deal with. One of the things is problems, right? So if we're letting life choose our problems for me, we can use this phenomenon of problems. And instead of the problem hitting you, you can actually be at the source and choice of creating the problem that you would actually like to work on. Again, a problem is going to naturally naturally call you to be a certain way and act a certain way in a specific context. That's what we're all doing. We have a context that we act in accordance with it. We be in accordance with it. So one of the things I'll give you an example that we've done is we've committed ourselves to creating transformation for a hundred million people around the planet. So If I was attached to 100 million people's transformation every single day, I would have some expectation that that's the way the world's supposed to be. Every morning when I would wake up 
that expectation is not fulfilled, wouldn't I be in an upset? Right? And I could tell you, I rarely, if ever, wake up in an upset. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying I don't have problems. I'm not saying that I'm not human and deal with emotions and all these different things. I'm not saying that. You know, but if I was attached to the transformation of the planet or 100 million people, whatever my game is, I would wake up every morning and I would be upset because that is clearly not the way the world is, right? Now, if I'm committed, I have this big problem that I want to work on that I'm willing to give my life over to, and I'm committed to this problem, whether or not that commitment arises in reality right now doesn't change my commitment one iota. I don't have to have any upset about it at all. I just get up in the morning and I'm excited to work on it, connect with people and create programs, connect, you know, create programs, communicate with people, all those things in a manner in which makes a difference. In fact, this webinar right here is a self-expression of that commitment. You know, I'm naturally called to be on here, Elon, with the kids and all those things happening in his life. And, you know, all the other things that happen today, he's tired for a lot of people being tired is enough of an excuse not to show up. Yeah. Right. But his commitment is so big in service of other people, regardless of how he feels or what's happening in his personal life, he's committed to helping you transform your life, change your conversation, increase the health of your relationships, increase your, how much wealth you have in your life, you know, whatever it is that's important to you. Right. And he just shows up. He's naturally called to be there. It's not like I thought call Elon and he's like, yeah, I'm really tired. (laughs) You know, I'm just not going to show up. Can you do it for me? It's just not how we operate. And again, we're called to action by these commitments. So, bro, anything you want to share about this also? Yeah, I just want to kind of give them some real-world examples that, yeah. that make it really, really easy sometimes to understand these kind of bigger distinctions. Um, so one that people really get pretty easily is love life. So when I don't know if you're married or if you're looking for the one or whatever it is, but a lot of people when they're going through that process are attached to having a relationship with that person. So they see this friend of theirs or someone that they dated or whatever, and they're just attached to it being Sarah or attached to it being John or whoever it is. And then you go about your day and you're just like, Oh my God, I found the one. He's so it. You get so excited. And then all you want is the relationship of your dreams with John and the relationship of your dreams, the commitment to have the relationship of your dreams goes out the window because now you've attached that commitment to John. Now in doing that, what tends to happen is that you become this needy, obsessive, weird version of yourself. (laughs) And it's like, if you've ever been in a city where they have horses, that horse with blinders, like walking through the street, That's how you basically become. And the second you do this, the second you've taken your commitment and attached it to this one person or this one experience. Now, when people are either in dating situations or building something or map this onto anything in your life, the second you do that, the second the picture goes from the big, like this is my big vision, my big why to whatever, to I have to have it with this person or with this company, or with this experience, you've missed the boat. You've put on these blinders. And what's even worse is that you forget that you put on these blinders. And it's that point in your life where you start manipulating, and you start trying to force outcomes, 
and you do all sorts of weird shit that never ends up working and makes you upset in the process. And what I want you guys to realize is that as this happens, as you become singularly focused on the thing that you are attached to, you have in that moment killed off any possibility. And I mean any possibility of a new opportunity. So go back to the dating experience, right? So if it's John, John's going to be the man of my dreams. We're going to, we're going to get married. Um, (laughs) Then pretty much what you're doing is you're like walking through your life. You're like, John, 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 John. Now all these other amazing potential suitors are constantly around you, but you are so blind and so attached that you absolutely miss all of these opportunities that the universe or God or whatever you want to call it is constantly trying to throw your way. So this is one of my favorite analogies around this is uh, called child gardener disease. Okay. So we're like child gardeners. We go out, you know, into the front yard or the garden, whatever. We plant our seeds. We dig the hole. We put the seed in there, put, you know, the fertile soil on top, maybe put some fertilizer on top, et cetera, et cetera. Water it and like excited little children. We just expect things to just be there right away. So what does a child do? Child wakes up the next morning, expects to see the fruit of his or her labors, goes outside, sees nothing, just more dirt. Starts getting really upset about that. You know, where's this thing that I planted? Total attachment to the result from the action that was taken. Goes into the garage, goes gets the shovel again, starts digging around, digging around, ends up finding the seed. Pulls the seed out and starts inspecting it. And has killed any possibility of that seed actually growing in the process, right? And this is how we operate. So here are some clues to define what it is that you might be attached to. Attachments live in the world and in like the conversational world of shoulds. It should be some way. He, she, he should be some way. She should be some way. I, my body should be some way. My relationships should be some way. It also lives in the worlds of coulds and woulds, right? So like it should have, it could have, it would have been that way. Great indicators that if you're using that kind of language or you're saying that to yourself, guess what? You're attached to something, right? And that attachment, again, is setting expectation. Now, how often does life, do you think, actually match our expectation? Mm -hmm. And while you're pondering that, all the time. Well, it's like every second, right? It always looks all the time exactly the way that we think that it should. Now, I want you to imagine, right? We live in a universe of literally infinite possibility. Like everything that could happen is happening, will happen. Like if you know anything about singularity, supposedly it's happening all at one time, all the time. So the way that we operate, it's like imagine if you wanted to win the lottery. Like that's the possibility you're committed to, Okay. If you know the ratios in the United States about winning the lottery, pretty unlikely. It's like one out of like 200, 250 million people wins the lottery. So the way that we normally operate is like a lottery winner. We think that if we go down to our local 7-Eleven, we're going to put these five numbers down and it's like we just know we're going to win. Like that's the, that's the level of attachment that most of us are dealing with. Now you think with your small little peon brain that cannot even conceive infinity or infinite possibility that you could possibly imagine how you're going to win that lottery ticket or if you're going to win that lottery ticket. Now, how many of us, by the way, approach our business that way? All right. We just know 
it's supposed to look like that. How many of us approach our like most loving relationships that way? We just know they're supposed to be that way. And if they're not that way, something must be wrong, right? How many of us know that like our health should be perfect or like you should just be able to go to the gym like once a week and get a six pack or like once a month and get a six pack. Like this is how we operate. And it's a little bit inside the world of insanity. But when you don't spend time inquiring about what it is that you're attached to, right? Things are popping. So Sandra said she had a little light bulb moment. So she says, I think I was attached to what I expected as a code of confidence, privacy, and integrity. I was attached to my expectation feeling lighter now. Awesome. Right? Like, and this is what distinction can, can do because the moment you distinguish an attachment, what you're closer to is reality. When you're attached to something, you're just getting, you're, you're stuck in your head. So when an expectation is not met, the first thing most of us do is we try to figure out what's wrong, right? If somebody uses the word figure out, I know that they're immediately starting to think about things, about how to solve the problem. Now, something I know about thinking is that analysis causes paralysis, Many of us do this all the time. The design of thinking, just so you guys know, a way to look at the thinking, and most of you guys have not even inquired as to what is the design of actual thinking. Thinking is just a recall function, right? All it does is just recall past and mull it over, over and over again. There's really no new information in there. For those of you guys that have trouble sleeping at night, you know this phenomenon really well. You'll put your head on the pillow. And then it's like the day's events, right? Like, like over and over again, or like something that happened 10 years ago or that thing that they said to you 20 years ago, or that time you just didn't get it right. Or, Oh, that opportunity, if it just would have gone that way, you know, right. Plays over and over again. That stuff keeps you up at night. Then you wake up with it. And then you have thoughts about that. Now you're thinking, now you're thinking about your thinking. And then you're wondering why you can't ever get to anything new because there's nothing new in there. It's just recalling the past over and over again. Possibility doesn't live inside the thinking. It just does not. Possibility actually occurs in communication and action. So if you're stuck in attachment, again, I want you to align that with, well, now I'm spending time thinking about it, trying to solve it. And there's really not a lot of solutions in there for you. In fact, I would assert there aren't any. And there are functions to thinking, but it's great to inquire about what the limitations of thinking actually is for you. If you're in an upset right now, you're attached to something, right? So like this morning, okay, my son wakes up, cranky, he's tired, doesn't want to get dressed, doesn't want to brush his teeth, doesn't want to eat, moving like the slowest human being on the planet. Why am I upset? Because I'm attached to him going to school, right? If I removed that attachment, if I was just committed to my son having a brilliant day, right? None of that stuff would upset me. You guys get that? Like anytime you find yourself in an upset, you can look to see, hey, what am I attached to at this moment? And if you have the willingness to let that attachment go, you're peaceful. You get joy back. You get freedom back. You know, my son started playing soccer. I'm very competitive. I like to win at things. I went go-karting today. I was in a go-kart for the first time in my life at these speeds. And I was still racing people who are coming there to practice and have been doing this for years. Why? Because I'm competitive. But I watch my son and my son is literally on a soccer field, like counting butterflies and, and petting grass. 
<laughs> and I'm doing everything in my power not to scream at him and be like, go get the ball, this and that. But I realized like, that's my attachment to him performing a certain way on the field. But in reality, I'm just committed to him being outside and running around and having a good time. So if I'm committed to that, I don't give a shit if he's counting butterflies and petting grass, right? Like he's having a good time. So just, oh, like you can really map this out on any single moment of your life. What Abraham Hicks talks about all the time, and they actually talk about attachment versus commitment. I couldn't tell you in which one of the series, but um, what they talk about is creating an emotional connection to that which you want to occur. So being in the feeling of you already having gotten that which you want, yes? They're also very, very clear about the fact that that which you want is not always that which you need. And on the way to getting that which you want, you might experience things that you didn't really want, but are exactly what you need. Mm. Where most people derail themselves is like, they'll ask for more money or more love or any of that stuff. And I haven't met many people where they're like, you know, I want a million dollars and a million, you know, some guy comes knocking on the door and is like, here's a million dollars. Because the reason you don't have a million dollars is because you don't have yet the emotional intelligence. You don't have yet the being of the brain. Like you don't have the ability to handle a million dollars. That is why it is not in your life. Okay. So what most people get upset about is that when they ask for a million dollars and the universe sends them opportunities to get, have more integrity in their finances. The, the, the experience that you need in order to grow as a person who can even create that kind of circumstance in your life. Cause you're always at the source of creation, right? You know, this is all coming from you, but like Elon said, it's like, we, again, when we set expectations, we say, I know what I want. And the universe is like, I'll give you what you need because you have no idea. You know, again, it's like, it's, it's going to come how it's going to come. Yeah. And the, the issue, and they talk about this as well, is like when that thing shows up, if you get derailed, if you let your emotion go, oh, boo, I asked for this. You didn't give me this. I don't want that. <laughs> if you go in that direction, You've kiboshed the whole thing, right? Because an expectation unmet leads to upset. So what Abraham Hicks is always talking about is aligning all parts of you, the subconscious, conscious, emotion, everything, to you already haven't gotten that. Sorry, I would say a positive connection to that, right? Yeah. So if, again, if you're setting expectation, you're trying to align your body's frequency to feeling a positive emotion towards money, towards wealth, abundance, et cetera, and you're attached to it, guess what's showing up? Negativity, doubt, right? All that stuff. And it's, and it's pulling you further away from that. Exactly. And so what this does, Joanne, is it actually keeps you aligned with the core want and desire. Okay. And as all this stuff is happening, the less attachment you have to these quote unquote negative experiences or the, I don't want that, right? You allow them, you allow the experience to pass through you 
because there's no attachment to, no, 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 but it's supposed to be this way. No, no, no. He was supposed to be brown hair, not blonde. No, 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 it was supposed to be blue Ferrari, not a red Ferrari. Like, seriously? Right? And the more you allow for this stuff to pass through you, the less upset you get by it, the more you consistently stay in that emotional state, the faster that thing which you want is magnetized to you. Right. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. Like when you're in, and, and I think everyone here has felt it. Like, have you ever had those moments in life where it could be a day or two, a week, a month, whatever, where it's like, shit is just working. It's like, it almost feels effortless. That's the flow. And the second you argue with how the world is occurring to you, you've knocked yourself off the, the, out of flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, attachment lets you see where you're not surrendering to what's so, right? Life is whole, perfect, and complete. Always, always. Even the challenges, like some person, a circumstance comes to them, they see challenge, another person sees opportunity. Who's right, right? And, and they're both there, arising together at the same time. It's your reaction, your response, your conversation about what's happening, the things you complain about or the things you share about that determine on which side of that coin you're operating. And ultimately, neither one is wrong. Technically, you're both right about what's happening, but one person is empowered and taking action, right? And the other person's completely disempowered and taking action. Now, do you think a person who's empowered has a context for life that empowers them and they're taking action where the other person is just sitting around thinking about why life is so bad? Who's going to get to the end game faster, right? Our work is about all these like you would call them spiritual concepts, personal development concepts, because when you're willing to always be in an empowering context, you're taking a lot more action. That means you're more productive. That means you're the way that you're being is healthier about yourself, right? Who, who wants to be around or who is even operational when all you're doing is making yourself wrong all the time, because life isn't exactly the way that you think that it should, or that you think that like there's something wrong with you or that you're not smart enough, right? All this stuff is learned from the things that we got attached to. You're attached to an A, you get the wrong answer. Oh, I must not be good enough, right? You're attached to having a lot of money or some stuff in your life. None of that stuff is there. You're constantly too stupid to figure out how to get that stuff done. As a person who has the experience of life and it looks at every circumstance coming at them as I'm dumb, does that person get ahead? Or does the person that says, you know what? I got to work harder. Or, wow, look what this amazing challenge that came into my life. Like, this is going to teach me how to get to where I want to get to. Which person's going to get there faster, right? And this is what we're looking for. It's always about your choice in the point of view and context to which you take in life. That point of view is going to give you access to the way that you're being. That being is going to give you access to the actions you're going to take in life. Those actions are going to give you results in life. More results you get, the more you believe in yourself, the more you're going to start increasing the way that you're being, your frequency, what you attract to yourself, the relationships, all that stuff. And over time, as you continue to apply this very simple principle, you will find it will absolutely transform your life. So a great exercise to take on if you wake up in the morning or at night, if you find that you're upset throughout the days, is complete the things that got you upset. And you'll find every single time, every single time, that it was some attachment in that moment and you got defensive about it, right? Or you got positional about what you're attached to. 
And then that created negativity in that relationship where you were trying to control and manipulate them and you made them feel like something is wrong with them. Right. And it just gets, creates a lot of breakdowns in life. And it really is just as simple as that. So what's really important here, guys, is to look at what is it that you're really committed to? What a great question to ask yourself. What am I really committed to? So I'll tell you like simple commitments Elon and I have is leave everybody and every conversation we have with them better than we found them. Okay. That's like, that's a commitment. We stand by that. And I'm not saying again, that every time we interact with somebody, it's perfect or that there's no upset or anything like that. But I could tell you when there's an upset, I get conscious. I've done that commitment so many times. I get conscious. Even if I think I'm right or I'm positional, it doesn't matter to me. I think, well, my commitment is to leave this person better than I found them. If I get defensive where I start like trying to control them to see my point of view or whatever, is that commitment being fulfilled? No. And that commitment's really, really important to me. So your commitment might be to yourself. It might be to a workplace or your business. It might be to your spouse, like having like the most beautiful, delicious, amazing relationship, right? Every time you're attached that your spouse has to be this perfect human being or that they're supposed to throw out the trash and they haven't, and you get upset and spew venom at them, is there love in that relationship, right? And that's the stuff you got to start calling yourselves out on and say, you have to have integrity, around the things that you're committed to. And a commitment sets no expectation. And you will let it arise however it's gonna arise in this field, okay? And honestly, you just take a piece of paper and you write down, what am I attached to? That it would give you clarity, right? Around what's not working in there. And then look on the other side, like what am I actually committed to in the circumstance or in this relationship or around my health? And like write out for yourself, you're gonna be like, whoa, I have not been living in reality here. Because you're, you're creating stories around that attachment. And I, and I assert it's not a new story. You've probably been running that, that story for, God only knows, 20, you know, 10, 20, 30 years, some of you guys. And it's in the way of you having what you really want. So another way to look at this stuff is when it comes to making powerful choices in life. Okay? I know very few people who are good at making choices. In fact, most people I've ever coached don't even know what a choice is. They know the word. They don't actually know what it means. Okay. Most of us are making decisions. What that means is we have something we're attached to. Expectations not met. We get upset. Right? So you're attached to something and, and now the circumstance is not the way that you want it to be. So you decide something about yourself or about that person or about the way that it is. Now, I told you guys, we study language and, the, and its effect on human beings. And the word decide, the suffix C-I-D-E, right, shares its lineage with words like homicide, genocide, suicide, pesticide. So what does side tell you as a suffix? It tells you it literally means to kill off. And in the world, in the realm of possibility, what's possible for you to decide means to kill off what's possible for you. It means that every time you decide how they are, you're saying, I'm going to put you into this box, right? I'm going to sentence you. This is how my mom is. This is how my son is. And you decide something about them. And what you do is you kill off any other possibility that can be, that they can be. And that becomes the context through which you communicate with them. How does that go? How does it go when you decide things about yourself? How does it go when you decide about your capabilities as a business person or about what's possible for you around your health? And you decide, oh, it's that way. I'm a sick person, right? How many of us say like, um, 
yeah, you know, patience. Uh, yeah, that doesn't run in my family. Everybody's impatient in my family. We're all hot blooded. <laughs> How many of you guys are like, yeah, you know, um, yeah, anxiety just runs in my family. And while there's scientific evidence for that, really where it's coming from, or at least where you want to consider that's coming from, it's just a conversation inside your family. And you're enrolled in it. You decided that that was true. And you live your life as if, as if that's true. Now, when a difficult situation comes up, you've already programmed in. Well, I just get anxious. I, that's not possible for me. Forgetting that you're just this being of infinite possibility. So here comes this like opportunity your way or an opportunity for a relationship. Or you really want to start going to the gym or you want to start quitting cigarettes, stuff like that, right? And it occurs for you like there's three places you could usually be about anything. So you could be like, I'm a yes. Yep, I'm absolutely going to do that. You could say, well, nah, I'm not going to do that. That's fine, right? If you know that you're a no, that's fine also. No big deal. But the place where people really lose out on what's possible in their life is when they get into the circumstance around, I want to do that, but. Okay. Like I want to do this, but well, I don't have time. I don't have money. I don't have uh, the right resources. Nah, I'm just, you know, I'm just not smart enough. I'm just not smart enough. All that stuff. Right. And again, I assert that whatever is coming after that, but is something that you've been attached to most of you guys, again, for a really long period of time, probably years or decades that's been going on and it's been running the show. And if we inquired with you as to why you don't have the life that you really want, you would tell me, well, I could have it, but X, Y, and Z. And I'm telling you that the lineage of that, but the genealogy of that thing comes back to something that you got attached and upset about. And you started believing that thing a long time ago. And part of the design of having a belief is starting to collect evidence to make it true. Then we meet people, we become part of organizations and groups, all that have a similar belief so that you can create more evidence for that being true and this is what stops you from having what you really want in life and you don't take actions consistent with the future that you say that you want because you're attached to the way that it's going to look when you get there and should it not look that way it's just going to create more upset for you so you go you know what then i'm not even going to do it at all most of us have these stories that we've been telling people for a long time and we complain about these things a lot and we train everybody in our life to just go okay yep agreed I agree because I don't even know what to do anymore. Uh, we've done a really effective exercise with people where you take uh, trauma, like a very traumatic situation and you write it down in all your details. And, oh my God, and they did this to me and they kicked me and they stole money from me and all this kind of stuff. Right. And you just really like, you really get into all the details, all the reasons. Eh, nah, nah, nah. And I, we're telling you, if you read it over and over and over again, it starts to lose its power because what you find is you start reading like you read a story in the book. It starts interacting with a different part of the brain. Most of we don't do that though. We mull it over in our thoughts. And as I started with this webinar or said a while ago, the design of thinking is a recall function. So now you have upset in your life and now you're using your past to justify why it's okay that you're stuck in this upset about it and it seems like and it feels like other upsets that you've had before and now your brain starts making all the wiring together as to why this is stuff like it's happened before and here's the worst part about the whole thing your brain is not circumstantially programmed it doesn't care that you're upset so the brain being upset is whole perfect to complete it doesn't care that you're angry it doesn't care that you're depressed it doesn't care about any of that stuff you care 
about that stuff. Your brain cares about, you know, it cares about one thing and it truly cares about your survival. So should you get through some bad circumstances in your life, as long as the brain programs in, we survived it, guess what the brain is going to do? It's going to program you to consciously and subconsciously go put yourself back in that situation and do that thing again, because now it's predictable that you'll survive it. I've asserted for years that most people that talk about being happy are mistaking happiness for being comfortable. They really just want comfort. They want predictability because predictability equals safety. And even if you're stuck in an abusive relationship or whether it's verbally or physical, and if you are in that situation, I'm sorry for, I'm sorry, that's happening. Number one. Number two, if you're, if your loop is like, okay, well we argue, right. And then we get into like some altercation. We don't talk for a week. After that, everything comes down. We have this conversation. We feel really cathartic. Best sex of our lives <laughs> happen right after that. And then, you know, there's, and then the timer goes off again Two, you know, now, I'm sorry. Now you reset the timer two weeks. And it's like, you could, you could see that stuff from a mile away coming. That's just part of your identity at work. It's programmed that in. That's why people can't leave really painful relationships for them because they, it's predictable. The outcome is predictable. And that predictability to the brain is comfort. Safety happens in there, even if they're really not safe at all. Right? And this is what we're all doing. And again, it's all stymied from your attachments and the expectations that you set and all these types of things. All right. Like all this time, I've been attached to men showing up a certain way. They have to be tall, dark, and handsome. I don't even give anybody else a chance, right? And what you might be committed to is just like partnership and love. Inside the world of partnership and love, does it really matter who the hell shows up as long as the commitment is being fulfilled for partnership and love, right? And that's the kind of stuff that we're looking for. It's like, what really are you committed to? And are you willing to hold integrity and space around that commitment until the world provides it to you? Now, here's the kicker. The world is not going to give you what you want. The universe is not going to give you what you want. God will not give you what you want. It'll give you what you need. It'll give you what you need. The circumstance you need, the lesson you need to learn in order to fulfill on your commitment. And it's going to look like that every single time. So if you can give up this image in your brain that you think that it has to show up as, and you're just open to possibility, it arising however it's going to arise, you are going to start seeing opportunity everywhere in your life. So instead of figuring out things, which is what people say a lot, I'm going to figure this out. If you're using the language figuring it out, I know you're going into your thinking to try to solve an answer. Again, validate through your own experience when you really want to get something. For those of you guys that are dealing with these things I'm talking about and you've tried to figure it out, how is that going? Have you had like epiphanies and breakthrough moments where like every second it's like, woohoo, damn, my life is good. I assert probably not, right? It's like you're mulling it over. You're doing the same shit over and over again. How you know you're doing it over and over again? You think to yourself, well, I got to do more. I got to do better. I got to do different. And when that happens, you get more, better, different of the same results. It's like walking down the, it's like walking down the same road and expecting a new building to be there. The same building is going to be down that road over and over again. It ain't going to change. Unless you walk down a different road, you're not going to see a different building. But most of you guys do that, right? So I want to offer to you how insight, eureka, possibility enters your life. Most people can relate to what I'm about to tell you. 
if you've ever been driving down a highway, I imagine everybody has, it's 21st century, right? And you're driving the car, you're a passenger, and you see a car next to you. I love cars. Elon loves cars. So we always use car analogies. You see a car next to you and you're like, man, I never noticed that car before. That's a sexy car. Next time I get a car, you can you think to yourself, well, that's a sexy car. Or you think to yourself, yeah, I got to get a car soon. Love to get that one right there, right? You go to bed at that, you go to bed at night, you wake up the next morning, what happens? Isn't that car like all over the road, like everywhere? Suddenly that car was like nowhere, now it's everywhere. Like, boom, just like that. So what happened there, right? Like consider what happened there. Did everyone actually go out overnight and buy that car? Probably not. Although that'd be really cool if like you had that much power, right? <laughs> like you just look at something, the whole world buys shit. Um, you know, what happened is you increased your awareness over something in the universe. And then what happens? It appears as if it's now everywhere, almost as if the opportunity to align yourself to it is all around you. So whatever it is that you're committed to is a lot like increasing your awareness around that car. You're saying, this is the view that I want in life. And I'm open to it and looking however it's going to look. And then here's what's going to end up happening, or this is what usually happens. You'll be reading a book or you'll be talking to somebody or you'll overhear a conversation or listen to a song or be watching a movie or something that comes into your space and somebody will say something and it'll be this like line. But to you, it's not just a line. It like the bell drops. It's like, and like in that moment, the experience you're looking for will be really, really clear to you subtly. And it's just about being open to it. And this happens to Elon and I all the time because we're constantly in a state of inquiry around things and creating new commitments and problems that we really want to work on, not problems that are just shitty to work on. Big problems that are worth giving your life over to, things that you really want to get committed to because you're like, damn, I could freaking give my life over to that every single day. That gives me juice. And I assert that everybody has that passion for something on this planet, whether it's teaching people how to play guitar or spending time with people in hospice care or feeding the homeless or global transformation, whatever your hopes are about this world. That's something that I'm committed to working on with people to find what that passion is. But if your whole life is about attachments, you're not getting anywhere close to that passion. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We will uh, see you next week. Love you all. Love you guys. Take care. So that's it, my friends. That's today's episode. I just want to thank you for being part of our Have It All family. And truly, truly, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help or give back in any way possible, the best way would be to share this or any other episode that you loved with your family, friends, or colleagues. And if you'd be so great as to just leave us a rating and a comment on either iTunes or Stitcher, whichever you use, that helps us tremendously. It only takes about two to three minutes of your time and would mean the world to us. Finally, I want to let you know that if you want to get even more exclusive content from Guy and I, just head over to satoriprime.com and make sure you join our mailing list. Now, I know what you might be thinking, God, not another mailing list, but I promise you, you'll only get an email or two from us per week and it will always have amazing videos and articles that I'm sure you're going to love, promise. So until next time, you can join our ongoing conversation at the Have It All Facebook group where you can let us know how we're doing and what we can do to improve. Love you all, and we'll see you on the next Have It All podcast. Have an amazing, amazing day, my friends.